it's in the whisper. It's in the whisper. I want to share with you uh, something that is just super powerful that God has just been really speaking to me on recently. And I'm going uh, to kind of switch topics a little bit. If you've been following um, for the last few weeks, we've been talking about, I've been talking about my marriage um, and just how God has been doing some really cool things in my husband and I. And one of the things I think that God is after specifically for my for my life, and I think it's because I've been specifically praying for it, is direction not only in my marriage, but in my kids. And in particular, our oldest. And I want to share with you why I started the opener of this of this episode with it's in the whisper, because we just gotta get quiet. We just got to get quiet to hear that whisper. And I want to share with you um, some things that are going on in my life. And and my hope, truly, my prayer for you in this episode today is that if you are a parent, man, I hope I can give you hope and and remind you that, because I was reminded just a couple days ago. So I'm here to remind you, you have the power because it's not, it's not about things that we can see. It's about the things that we cannot see. And I want to share with you today. So I have to rewind a little bit before I dive in. If you've been following my journey, you know, for the, I've been sharing my life for the last five years on my podcast here. And one of the things I've shared actually a few times is about my oldest son and his addiction to gaming. And it's not necessarily like his addiction to the actual gaming part it's it's interesting through the years he's he's had an addiction to different things um whether it be like literally in first grade it was pokemon pokemon was like a thing like the like the pokemon cards and he would literally sneak and do devious things to like get these stupid cards in the first grade and they were trading it and he didn't even know what he was doing but i was like i found basically all these cards in a binder And he would, you know, uh, collect them. And then he would spend hours, hours, you know, organizing them and putting them together and then like trading them. And it was bad. It was actually really bad. And I ended up throwing out all the Pokemon cards. I'm like, you're addicted. This is, this is consuming your mind. You're six years old. This is not okay. So I threw those out. And then he's now 12. So for the last six years, it's it's really been an addiction to gaming. And like I said, it's not necessarily gaming. It's just the high that he gets from winning. It's the high that he gets from connecting with people and people that he doesn't know. And God forbid, you know, they're not maybe even people that are his age because gaming is this online thing that you don't actually know who you're playing with, which is super scary, right? So through the years, my husband and I, we have... We have really hunkered down on like, okay, like we've, we've gotten to a place where actually where we took all gaming out, like no more games. Like you're so addicted that we, I actually threw them all away. I threw the Nintendo switch away. I threw everything away. So then we found just recently, again, he's been sneaking the iPad. So he'll go and he'll grab the iPad and he'll sneak it into his room. Um, he'll find, uh, his, uh, brother we have two iPads he'll find his brother's iPad that is used for only music when he when they zoom 
each week for their music instructor. He'll find that, he'll hide it, and he'll under his bed, and then he'd been gaming at night. So there's just been this devious, like, you know, really, truly sneaking it to play. And when you do that, anything, let's just put aside gaming as an adult, whatever, whatever you are doing that is sneaking that you know is not good for you and you're sneaking it, whether it be eating crap food, whether it be, you know, whatever your, I call it like whatever your McDonald's is, that cheap, like thrill that you get that gives you that high for a hot minute and then it shoots you down and you feel dirty and gross and you want to throw up. That's called sin. <laughs> and we all have it. We all have that thing. And the reason why we all have that thing is because if we didn't have that thing, then there would be no reason for God. If we didn't have something that we truly needed God to help us with, then we would never go and seek God. And so we're all filled with this void of like, okay, I truly don't, I can't do this on my own. I need, I need God's help in this area of my life. And for my son, it's this addiction to this high that he gets in sneaking and gaming. So it's gotten really, really, really bad uh, to where what gets scary is that when you don't get a conscience anymore about it, you're just like, you sneak it and you don't actually feel that guilty about it because you've been doing it for so long. And that's kind of the place that I was really scared for my son to get. So long story short is... Well, I, I want to share actually this too, before I share this, I just feel really having my heart to share this because he was doing that other behaviors began to take place. So because his mind was occupied in a space of deviance, he began to then, it began to trickle into everything else that he did. His attitude, he was disrespectful. He wasn't taking care of his clothes. They were all shoved in drawers. His bathroom was disgusting. Like I went up there and you guys, it was, there was molded towels. I mean, he just, he was not taking care of his stuff. Like every, it literally began to occupy his mind. Like this, this deviant place, this gaming place. And you could feel, I'm a very intuitive person. So I could feel being around him. I could feel this heavy spirit in him. So it got to a place last week where I told my husband, I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like this, this, this addiction, this, this behavior has been going on for years. We've, we've had moments where we resolved it and then it's back to the same crap. And I'm like, he may just need to go away for a while. Like he may need to go to like a working Christian ranch and, and they deal with him for a year because I can't take it anymore. And I was just, I was, I lost it. So... When my husband came back from California, we just had this really long conversation. It was just like, I don't, I don't know what to do. Like, uh, we've done everything. We've taken away the gaming. We've, I've taken now away everything from him. So now my son lost privilege to his room. He sleeps on the floor. He lost privilege to his clothes. I gave him one outfit. I packed it in, his, in a backpack and gave it to him. I'm like, this is your one outfit since you, you've lost all privilege to your room. You've lost privilege to your bed. You've lost privilege to your clothes. You get to live in this home. You get to sleep under this roof and you get to eat. That's it. And I told him, like, this is why you've lost privilege. Like, it is a privilege to have these things, not a right. It's a privilege. And in life, when you 
there's a consequences for your actions, good and bad. So the consequences of your bad actions is you lose privilege to a lot of things. So that's the space where we are in. And we had some friends over the other day and they've, they have three kids and they homeschool their kids and their kids are rock stars. Like their oldest, I believe is 18. Then they have a 16 year old and uh, I think an eight, I think I heard their daughter's eight years old. They're at our house and this was, this was like a few months ago. They came over and with their kids and we were all sitting at the table. Their kids were able to have like engaged in conversation with us, looked us in the eye, extremely respectful. They never got on their phones, not once. Cause we've had other people come over and their kids immediately were like addicted to their phones. I'm like, yeah, no. So these kids were just like rock solid. And when they left, I was like, dude, if, if homeschool looks like, if we can get kids like that, like that, like I have, I was blown away by their, by their kids. And so like my level of respect for them as parents, like grew like a hundred times. And so when they came over a couple of days ago, this time they just came with just them without the kids. And I'm like, you guys, like how you're raising your kids, like good on you. Like I, they never got on their phones. They were respectful. They looked us in the eye. They engaged in great conversation. They didn't say stupid crap. They, they were, they were like well-rounded. Um, they had a good head on their shoulders. They had this confidence that they carried. They weren't like, you know, trying to get away from the table and, you know, go watch a movie or anything. They were like fully engaged, like, like good on you. Help me. (laughs) And I'm like, I have this son that I'm like, I'm struggling with. And I was kind of sharing with them what I was experiencing, like what we were experiencing with our oldest. And it was amazing. He's like, I'm going to just summarize because I want to get into my, my scripture here for you for this, because I want to help you as a parent, remember the authority that you have when you, when you have a relationship with God. And this is why it is crucial, especially as parents, because God created your child. God created you and God created your child. He knows your child better than you do. Let me say that one more time. God knows your child better than you do. So if you press into God, he can help you with that child because he knows them better than you do. And something that our friends reminded me is he's like, he said to, to us, we're not, you're not fighting against the games and all of these things that you can see. It's a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual battle. And you can fight that in prayer. Like you have that authority. You have that because God lives in you. You have the authority to fight this in the spiritual, to fight the spiritual battle that is in his mind. Because that's what's going on. It's so easy for us to look at the surface things. Oh, it's the gaming. It's this, it's that, it's that. It's No, 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 no. It's a spirit that is, that is coming to his mind. And that's why God says, the Bible says, renew your mind every day. Why? Because it's being, it's, if you don't renew it in God's word, it's being renewed in something else. That's not good. And in the Bible says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against spiritual things. It's, it's, not, it's not that we're fighting... I'm actually going to even speak into simpler terms. It's not that we're fighting Hitler. It's the spirit in which Hitler carries, right? 
It was the spirit of Hitler. It's the hate. It was the pure hatred of the spirit that he has that led him to the things that he did. But we want to we want to look at it in the natural way of like, oh, well, we just need to we just need to kill him because you know he's hurting people. Yes, but it was ultimately his what was in his head and in his mind and in his heart that consumed his his life that became this hatred. But if you took that same Hitler and you introduced him to love and that God loves all people and that God created all people and that God looks at every single person, whether they are black, white, Jew, non-Jew, German, whatever, Asians, whatever, God looks at every single person that he has created and says, you are beautiful and there's no blemish in you. So if you take Hitler and you help him see the way that God sees, he could have been a changed person. So it's, it's, it's not that we, we, we don't wrestle against the flesh, we wrestle against the spirit. It's the spirit that, that comes in and attacks. And that's what the enemy loves to do. The enemy loves to come and destroy your thoughts. If he can destroy your thoughts, he's got you. So I was reminded, like our friend reminded me like this is not a, a flesh battle. This isn't trying to just get him out of gaming. This is, a, this, is, this is attacking his mind. So the next day, the very next day, I, I was praying and God was just, just speaking to my heart about just, it's, you've got to come under into my authority. I've given you the authority. I have already crushed that. I've already crushed the enemy's feet. Now go remind your son that I have. And so what I did is um, the other day, I was listening to this song called A Sound Mind. It's amazing. It's by Katie Torwelt, Brian and Katie Torwelt. And I was listening to this song and I was just like, yeah, it's, it's about having a sound mind. It's about, it's about creating that peace in my son's mind. Because you can feel his mind. Like I said, his mind, that space that he was in was, was, a, was literally every other area it was, it was affecting, not in a good way. So I, in the evening, I turned on the worship music. And what I did is I had my son come downstairs. And I said, Izaid, we're going to, I'm going to have you read this song. You know, I'm going to have you read the lyrics as we sing the song together. We're going to, we're going to change the atmosphere. We're going to shift the atmosphere in this home and in your heart. And then what we're going to do is I'm going to, I'm going to lay hands on y'all and pray. And I looked at him and I said, I'm not leaving this place until I know that that spirit is gone. And so we sang the song together. I laid my hands on him. And this is going to sound super weird for you, for those of you that don't know about this, but there is something called the heavenly language where you can begin to pray in your words. And then when God comes and takes over your prayer life and you don't know what to pray, there's a heavenly language that happens. And you can read about it in Acts, you don't know. And it is powerful. It is powerful. And here's the sad part. It's been abused in the church. It's been abused with people where they'll say weird shit. And, <laughs> and they'll be like, oh, it was God. And so we've had a problem with a lot of churches and a lot of people that will abuse it and say, oh, this is what God was saying. But that's not. But when it's, when it's, when it's truly of God, it is powerful. And 
I began to pray over my son and I began to use my heavenly language. And all of a sudden I started to sweat like profusely because his demonic spirit that was taking over his mind, I was actually pulling out and I was sweating. It's freezing cold here. It's like zero degrees. So I, I mean, I was literally sweating and I just kept pressing in and pressing in and pressing in and praying for him. And then when I, I started to press into what God was telling me to tell my son. And he's like, tell him to cry out my name, Jesus. There's power in my name. So I told my son, I said, Keep, just say, Jesus, help me. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And he did. He said it several times. And I'm like, there it is. Breakthrough. Boom. And my son started to speak in tongues. Started giving, started speaking in his heavenly language for a while. <laughs> for a, We were there for a while. And my other son laid hands on him came over and laid hands on him. My husband came over and laid hands on him. We're just pressing in. We're like, break, break, sound mind, break off. Like Satan, you have no place in this boy's life. You have no place in our home. You have no place in our family. Like we break this spirit in Jesus' name. So we just really began to just really speak this over my son and just like, you know, lay hands on him. I mean, it was amazing. I was speaking in tongues. My husband was speaking in tongues. We were just, it was amazing. It was a powerful, powerful moment. And when the moment was, you know, after my son was you know, done and everything, and I, there was this moment where it was quiet. And I said, okay, now God's going to whisper to you. Now you're in a place where you can hear him speak to you, son. So just sit, just sitting there. And what I could feel in my spirit was that he was having this wrestle of like, it was scaring him. Because it was like, whoa, what is this? This is unfamiliar territory. I'm like, that's God wanting to speak to you. I'm like, he's just, and what he's doing, he's telling you how much he loves you. My just son, just he just sat there and just peace. You could just feel his peace over his, over his face, over his body, just peace. And, and after, um, you know, my, my husband gave him a word. And then afterwards, uh, I said, how do you feel? He's like, I feel so peaceful. I said, the enemy was attacking your mind. And that's what he's going to do every time he wants to come into your mind and control your thoughts and you let him win when you do that. But how you defeat him is doing what we just did is you say no. And I'm like, there's power in Jesus's name. And that's what we're fighting against. We're not fighting against you gaming some, we're fighting against the spirit. And it was powerful, powerful. And so I want to share something with you in the scriptures is this, because some of you right now are probably like wanting to get off this podcast, like Natalie has lost her mind. And some of you are listening and being like, wow, I totally believe in this. You know, I want to, I want to learn more. And I want to share with you a scripture about how you can, how, about pressing in and, and what it looks like. So in 1 Kings 19, God had me read this this morning and it just blew my mind because I've read this since I was a little girl, but it just like wrecked me today. So in 1 Kings 19, Elijah is in the valley and God gives him a word that says, and God tells him, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak to you. So go out, go out into the mountains. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak to you. So he goes out, Elijah goes out into the mountains and a super powerful wind comes. 
Like it shatters the rocks. Like the Bible says it shatters the rocks and it tears apart the mountains. But God wasn't there yet. Second, God sends an earthquake, like a crazy powerful earthquake. The Bible says God wasn't there either. And then he sends a fire. He sends fire all over and Elijah sees this entire fire. But God wasn't there either. And then it says there was a gentle whisper. And Elijah heard it. He said he went and stood by the mouth of the cave and said, God, and he, and he hears God, and God gives him instruction of what to do. When I read this, God was like, see, here's the thing. A lot of people hear my voice, but they look for the obvious. Oh, it was the mighty powerful wind. I, I've, I felt God in that. No, no. Oh, there was a mighty earthquake. I mean, it just shook the whole earth. It was, it was insane. It was totally God. Just God was totally speaking. Nope. No, it wasn't. Oh, it was the fire. The fire came and it was powerful and I could see and it was taking over this. Oh my gosh, it was the fire. No, no, it wasn't. Yeah, see, Elijah heard the instruction, exactly the instruction from God, from a gentle whisper. And this is what God wanted me to speak to you about today. It's in the whisper that you'll hear his voice and guidance and direction, but you'll miss the whisper if you don't know his voice. You know, let's think about your kids. When you, you can go into a playground with hundreds of kids on the playground and call your son's name, call your daughter's name, and they'll turn and look because they know it's your voice. They know it's your voice. I can say, hey, babe, in a grocery store, and my husband knows it's me. Like, that's my, uh, he knows my voice. When you have a, when you develop a personal relationship with God, when you spend time in his, I call it, the Bible is his love letter to you. That's his love letter to you. When you spend time reading his love letter to you, and you pray, and you sit quietly, and allow God to speak to you. When, you. when you develop that daily and building that relationship with him, you know his voice. So that when a mighty wind comes, you know, no, that's not him. When an earthquake comes, no, that's not him. When a fire, no, that's not him. But then when he whispers and you lean in, like, yeah, God, I hear you. What do you have for me? What's your direction? What do you need me to do? How do you need me to raise these kids? What kind of wife do you need me to be? How can, I, how can I serve people? How can I love the people that you love? Help me to see people the way you see. I hear you. It's in the whisper. I can hear it. But if you don't know your creator, you don't know his voice and you won't be able to hear the whisper. And that whisper is a matter of life and death. That whisper is a matter of life and death. We spend so much time on so many other things that are gonna fade away. I'm glad that you're building a great business. I'm glad that you're making a lot of money. When you die, where do you go? And where does that go? I'm glad, I love that you're taking care of your body. I do, I love that. So important, so important to live a longevity and to have great health. That's great. 
But when you die, where do you go? Where does your body go? Your spirit goes somewhere and your body goes into the ground. When you have an earthly focus and not an eternal perspective, you live different. But when you have an eternal perspective versus an earthly perspective, you live real different. You lean into the whisper more than anything because you know it's not about the few years that you're here on earth. It's about how you leave this earth. It's about the legacy that you leave behind. It's about the people's lives that you impacted that get to be left behind. And then two, where you go after. Where are you going to go and spend eternity? Where are you going to go when you leave this earth? And how will your life be impacted when you do go? And I don't think a lot of times we spend, and I'm including I'm myself in this, spend enough time really truly thinking about that. But when I was thinking about my son, I'm like, it's, you're right, it's not about gaming. It's not about helping him at 12 years old about gaming. It's about teaching him how to tap into the whisper. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to teach him. I'm trying to teach him that when you leave this home at like 18, 19, whatever, that I've given you the foundation to know that if a mighty wind comes that you can be like, do I hear God? Nope, I don't. Everybody else may. They may else, everybody else is thinking, oh, well, whew, that wind, whew, that's powerful. That's powerful. But did you get any direction from God? Oh, no, but it was powerful. Oh, the earthquake came. It was whew, shook this earth, man. God was waking, waking us up. No, I didn't, I didn't hear that. I didn't hear God in that. Oh, that fire, man. I think God sent that fire to burn, burn, burn bad things away. I don't, I don't think so. Why don't, why don't you think so? Well, because after you guys saw all that and thought that was all God, I heard his whisper. I leaned in and he gave me instruction for my life. That's the difference. Leaning in to the whisper. I encourage you to read First Kings 19. Really, like, it's such a powerful story. And two, if you're just like listening, if you're listening to this and you're just like, okay, I don't even know anything about where the Bible or anything where to get started, recommend two things. One, reading Proverbs. It's the book of wisdom. There's 31 chapters, which is great because you can read every month. Um, I love it. It's a daily dose of wisdom every day. And then another great passage, another book to start reading is the book of John. If you can read the book of John in the New Testament, kind of just gives you this great visual and great uh, insight into who Jesus is. Um, just shows just how, how loving he is and how, and the people that he just can't stand. <laughs> and what's going to, I think what you find is going to be super interesting. And what I love about God is the people that he really just had a hard time with were the religious people, the Pharisees, because they were all about their rules and their religion and, you know, very judgmental. But the prostitutes is who he hung out with. The tax collectors that were stealing from people. He's like, I'm going to go spend time with you. Why? Because he's like, you know, I'm going to, you, you think that you're dirty and you're, and you're, and you're bad, but I'm going to show you grace. I'm going to show you love. And it's amazing what happens when you show love and kindness to those that the world casts out. They accept it. And they're like, wow, you, 
Someone like me, Jesus wants to love and spend time with? But you take someone that's like the Pharisees, the religious people, their hearts were so hardened and so so bitter toward people that didn't look like them and act like them. Jesus had a hard time breaking through to them and saying, hey, I just, I just love people. I didn't come for rules. I didn't come for regulations. I didn't come for religion. I came to have a relationship with you. I want to communicate with you. I want to, I want to tell you how much I love you. And I want to pour my heart into you. That's Jesus. When you capture that, when you get that, you'll lean into the whisper because you know you're leaning into someone that loves you so much. And that's, that's powerful. Love is powerful. And when you feel truly loved, you'll lean into that whisper and you'll hear it and you will walk a very different person. You will walk out a very different person and it'll lead you into and pour into every area of your life, including how to, how to raise those kids, how to have an amazing marriage, and then how to look in the mirror and see yourself beautiful and worthy and valuable because you realize that you were bought at a price and that there is a God that literally looks at you through his son's eyes and says, you are beautiful. Do you see it? And then when you do, you can lean into that whisper. And when you do, I'm telling you, I can feel it even right now as I'm speaking. You're going to look in that mirror and you're going to see someone completely different because you're going to lean in and you're going to walk out a very different person.